Hello and welcome to the Welsh Connection Show. Today I'm talking to the Daisy Cutters. Welcome to the show, guys. Good evening or Thanks, good Michael. morning to you, Michael. Yeah, well, that's a good point because you guys are down in Australia. Correct. There's a bit of a time difference this morning for me. So, hey, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get around it. We just heard Sick Day, which is a few years old now, but probably at the moment your best-known track in the UK. Happy memories from those days? Very happy. And you know what? I was thinking about that the other day, that it's one of those songs that we recorded, I think we wrote it, and then we just recorded it straight away, which we've never done before. Like Normally, we write a song, we think about it, we play it. I think when that one came out, I remember we just recorded it really quick. We just went, let's just dive in the studio and record that, because we wanted to record something, and that was that was it. And I remember we've never done that before or, or since. We've never done that. So there must have been, when we... You know, when it came out and it got written pretty fast and, and formed pretty fast, then I think we just straight away went, let's just, we need to record that and put that out. And, you know, lucky we did. It's good. It's a great track. I mean, to me, it's the sound of summer. <laughs> yeah. I wrote it trying to write a perfect pop song. That's what I wrote it. And when we recorded it in that, when we put it down in the studio, I meant to say this at the show the other day, uh, lads, but I forgot. I wanted it to, um, I wanted it to be arranged in the studio like Daydream Believer from the Monkees. You know, if you listen to that song and certain things come in at the start, and then David Jones comes in, and I wanted it to be uh, layered exactly like Daydream Believer. But I got shouted down by Giles and, and the producer. They shouted me down. And it was, it was, um, it was vetoed. It was vetoed. No. That was the, no. that was the vision. They had it all, like, all, the, all the arrangements come in on Daydream Believer. That's where I wanted it to come in, sick day. But uh, no, I think in hindsight is the right call. I've been known to be a passionate man when uh, I want to get a point across. So that's why Cam and Kieran are, are uh, laughing about me shouting them down. It's yeah. <laughs> so, but I think it turned out for the best. So I was probably oh, right. I do too. I do too. <laughs> and there was originally a longer version that had more, more uh, an extra verse and some pre-choruses, and our uh, we got our. Publisher sent it to a uh, producer, Phil McCullough, who did Kiss Me Stupid, which is our first sort of radio hit over here. He trimmed all the fat off it. And then he sent me, a, he rang me, this is the, he rang me on the phone and went, Here's what I've done. And I remember listening to it just horrified, going, Oh, you've, you've taken all of my favorite bits have gone from it. Oh, no. And then, but publishing company sort of said, We'll take it to the radio only if you do this edit. So I went, Oh, don't get too precious about it. I wrote it as a pop song. It's a pop song. Uh, and lucky we did because, yeah, he sped it up cut it down, and uh, the rest is history. And I, I listened now to the original version and go, oh, that's, you made the right call. Yeah. Ah, it's, a great, it's a great track. Did you get your own way in the studio with the new album? Um, uh, <laughs> geez, what a question. <laughs> oh, probably. I think it was about our, our producer, uh, Jeff Lovejoy. A couple of times he went, no more. That's enough. That's enough layers. No more things. Uh, so we did get told no more things, even though... Giles and I were keen to put more, a lot more things on. We 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 hardly butt heads at all this time in the studio, Cam. Which hey, it was which, the most uh, enjoyable recording. Was it was a pleasant change, wasn't it? No, but uh, oh. no, there, there 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 comes a time where uh, if uh, not pulled in, Cam and I will continue to add things till uh, there is no more room to add anything. So. Uh, we, in some ways, we're lucky that the producer can tell us to, um, or feels comfortable enough to tell us to uh, stop. Thanks for coming. It's meant a lot. And if I sip this really slow, I can make it last all night You took a little, I took a lot Was it love or limerence? Christ in time, I'll figure that out I took a solitary Sunday drive just to feel alive You'll have the starring role in the script to my life But then you say you wanna see me I say I really don't Cause I'm not the one who just wants to be friends I'm not the one who just wants to be friends 
sense for us and it was a it's a meat it's a miss i don't want to sound too arty but it's a misquoted friedrich nietzsche line which has become who you are and uh which i thought it was but it's become what what you are is somebody else i can't remember the person's name oh it just makes sense you know we spent many years in the wilderness not doing anything still playing in a, in a band and hanging out but not doing anything and maybe doing other things but in the day you know if you're an artist uh it's in you you know uh and i think we've as middle-aged men now we know that this is what we do. You know, we can do other things. We can be, you know, people who have normal jobs and families, but we are artists underneath. And, you know, that's so it sort of rang true for us as people, you know, when we started playing shows again, realizing how good it was and how good we were at playing. Yeah, it just re- it resonated with all of us, I think. There's a great buzz, or there seems to be a great buzz around the release of this album. Are you guys feeling that? Yes. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and we never take it for granted. We never know. We because you know when you're when you're four guys plus you know Stephen Morris, our, our label head. When you're the five of us stick around, we we think it's a mar- we think it's amazing. And Steve once rang me just after the last song we put down, which was Giles' song, the new single, Last Shake of the Bag, and he said it's a masterpiece. And I went, oh, we, we kind of think the same thing without saying it, but we're too close to it, so we don't know. So it's nice when. You know, reviews are starting to come in now that are, you know, saying it's our best work, so we think it is. But I think every band does, you know, be your last thing. Yeah, so we thought it was our best thing we've ever done, but we're way too close to it. And uh, so it's nice. It is nice to hear other people outside the band, you know, echoing those sentiments. It's nice. 
Stephen Morris, a, a great figure in Australian and, and worldwide music over the years. How instrumental has he been in getting you guys back in the studio? Oh, it was his idea. <laughs> if it wasn't for Steve, it would never have happened. It li- literally, uh, I remember Cam calling me and saying, hey, remember Steve? And I said, oh, yeah. And he goes, caught up with him for a coffee. And uh, he's really interested in what we're doing and couldn't believe that, uh, you know, even after being quiet for a few years, that the four of us still regularly got together and rehearsed, even though we had nothing to rehearse for. And, you know, when I tell people that, they always think, oh, that's a bit weird. And I say, well, you know, there are people who get up at four in the morning and then wade into the water waist deep to go fishing. I can think of nothing worse. (laughs) Uh, So my hobby is meeting my mates at the rehearsal room and, making lots of noise. But uh, Stephen had uh, spoken to Cam. He had put forth the idea that if there was any, ever anything new to be recorded, he would like to be involved. At the time, there wasn't anything new to be recorded, but Cameron and I decided we needed to quickly change that. So without Steve, this would never have happened. All the glory is with Steve, as far as I'm, as far, as far as I'm concerned. He's a great, great guy.
material at the time but you quickly changed that what's the writing process for you guys then well it's um Charles and I've always co-written from from the first album we've co-written probably up to this level uh where we write the yeah, majority of the album together it's quite uh we kind of write more than we need like we write we'll write you know for we'll get an idea of a song we'll kind of quickly work out what's verse what's chorus and then we write probably, you know, five or six verses, ten choruses, and then we trim them down to the best ones. So there's, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, there's a, there's a lot of stuff on the cutting room floor from the songs. This is how we, this is how we do it. Every band must do it different ways. Very rarely something comes out completely formed. Uh, and then if we're lucky, you know, a middle eight will appear from somewhere if we think the song needs something. So yeah, it's a long, it's a long process. Yeah, the trimming down is, it really works for us. So, and we used to write, you know, we used to write, you know, with a, with a time in mind, thinking let's let's stick to the four minute format because we were a pop band back in the day. Nowadays we don't have no, we, we just let the song go, whatever whatever the song needs, time wise, we we give it to it. We don't we don't you know censor or we don't do radio edits or anything like that. We just do our thing. So we start it, we take it to the band, and then they put their magic on it. And Kieran normally comes in, and we wrote this through COVID, so you know mm. Kieran was an hour up the road and he, he wasn't wasn't allowed by law to join us so he got them at the end and then had a quick trial by fire to work out all his magic that he puts over over his over the songs what it taught me mike yeah what it taught what it taught me mike is i, I just spent too much time on the songs they should <laughs> we, we work best when i get two minutes to put something in on the back of it 
COVID made for a pretty interesting process for, for all of us on this one, don't you reckon, Ken? Absolutely. And to Kieran's point, we've never done that before. We've never gone in without everything being sort of pretty much worked out to the nth degree because we're paying for it and, you know, uh, the clock's always ticking in the studio. But this one, we, we literally went in and we just vetted things in there. I had had an idea for things. That were, I worked out things the night before and put them down the next day, and, you know, which was unusual for the way we work. I'm deaf, dumb, and blind, but 
all seem very comfortable within yourselves as as a band. Is that to do with becoming more mature, or is it because the way the business has changed and you're not restricted by those four minute pop songs and the chart hits? Oh, uh, no, I think. Uh... Well, I, I, I don't know. I can't speak for the other members of the band, but I think, um, I think we've always been very comfortable doing what we do. I don't think th- this, this might sound strange, but I don't think there's any virtuosos in our band. So we are limited in our technical ability, but that also means that we don't really necessarily follow any rules that go along with being technically brilliant. So we just decide we're going to do th- something that way and that's the way we're going to do it. And when people say why, we just go because that's the only way we know or that's just the way that we were able to do it. Yeah, I, I think we've always been pretty comfortable doing what we do. We, 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 may, we may have um, entertained other, people, other people's opinions on how we do things, but I, I think it's always been, well, we'll just do this our way. And, you know, e- even when we first started out, uh, most bands would... Um, would record something and call it a demo and then they would shop it around to a label and see if the label was interested. And if the label wasn't interested, they'd think about should we re-record it, should we write some more stuff. We would uh, record something and say to a label, would you be interested in putting this out? Because if you're not going to put it out in a month's time, we'll put it out ourselves. And this, this when they say, is this the demo, that we would say it's a demo if you want to re-record it. Or it's the recording if we put it out ourselves. It's it, 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 we, we sort of always thought to ourselves, we're going to release music whether you want to be involved or not. And, you know, maybe it worked, maybe it didn't. But uh, I don't know. It's, that's just the way we do things. I, 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 yeah, the answer to the question, I think we've always been comfortable being ourselves. But I, I can only speak for myself and not for the other two or, or three members. Yeah, definitely, mate. We don't we don't write to a stopwatch anymore. We we did at one point, and it was a great discipline to do because I, I was talking to some other people in another interview yesterday about how Giles and I wrote for the first album, and we were very impressed with. We went through a phase of you know those the first Beatles albums where the, you know there was a three and a half minute song that had had a middle eight, had a guitar solo, had an intro. Nothing seemed rushed, but they were three and a half minutes or three minutes long. So we were fascinated by that, and we had a we entertained the idea we could be like. Michael Jackson's dangerous, and we could re- we could release every single song on the album as a single, bar bar one, right? Bar cool your shoes off the first album. So we entertained that idea; we could do that. So we wrote songs that, that every single song had the time wise to could be a, a single. And uh, well, apart from the first single that came out before the album, radio didn't touch it at all. So we could just throw the sort of stopwatch out from then on and thought, now let's just you know let's serve the song, whatever the song means. We we do, but we're we're pretty good at self censorship. We're pretty good at self editing too. Like we we know when something's got too much fat on it, we trim it normally. Um, although we do sometimes play some of those early songs and go, "Well, oh, it's like a one bar guitar solo." Normally, that we do, you know, <laughs> two to four now. That, wow, like we were really trimming fat back then, and it was great. It was a great discipline to go through as an artist. But uh, nowadays, we just let it we just let it ride. Mike, I also think that there's, there was a time I distinctly remember where we, you know. Uh, a few years back where the decision was made that this was going to be a good time. You know, we, we sort of chased, we chased radio and, and all the rest of it pretty heavily. And we're doing the, you know, the film clips for all the singles and pushing them out through um, ABC and other outlets around the place. But also there was a discussion about become, become what you are, as, as it were. We knew that we were going to do this for the long term. And unless we were enjoying ourselves, we already enjoy each other's company, but unless we were enjoying this process, there wasn't much point to it. And I reckon that one of the joys of this album is you can hear that in it. You can hear a, a group of mates who've got together and been given free reign and are having a blast doing it. And that's probably what I hope is coming across when, when you when you ask that question as well.
pretty soon I'm grinning like an imbecile Ear to ear On how I dreamt you here Under Obama's moon Under the influence Dancing round the room to Roxy music there was Nothing more than this Nothing more than this You're side of the bed now So immense Like the Russian steps Are stretching out for miles Look
I know you guys have been taking this on the road as well with some great shows. How has the new material been received? Oh, really well, really well. And uh, the other day we played, you know, we played a show where we did the entire album in order. 
Uh, and it went down really well. A few, a few things around it. So no, it's been received really well, which is lucky uh, for us. <laughs> it was terrible, but that was received badly. But no, it's, yeah. It's well, I, I think Kieran hit the nail on the head. When you listen to the album, you do get that sense of of joy and fun that you guys are obviously having, and you know you're obviously really close as bandmates and friends as well. But that that exuberance come, really comes across on the tracks. Yeah, it was the most enjoyable recording experience ever for me. I, I, traditionally, I'm, I'm not a massive fan of the recording process. I like the end result, but the process itself, you know, I've never never enjoyed it. Now, nowadays, I think as we get older, I think uh, you can kind of see where things will go. And yeah, really enjoyed this, like really enjoyed it. It was a great, great time for all of us. It was, it's also an album that, you know, once you record sometimes, the last thing you want to do is listen to the thing you've finished straight after it's done. <laughs> you know, you've spent all this time and you've heard the tracks a million times and, uh, and you just don't want to go back there. This was one that as soon as it came out, I, I'm again speaking for myself. I just wanted to hear it and I've listened to it start to finish probably, you know, 15 times now. And every time I enjoy it and then you hear it in a different format, you hear it in the record, you hear it on the vinyl, which by the way, the first time last weekend when we played the show, we played it in a record store and they had a fabulous stereo set up and they were playing the album on the stereo and um, the single was on and I kind of, I turned to Pete and I said, listen to that. Like, that's absolutely magnificent. It's the first time I've heard this through a great sound system, old school on the stereo album. And um, I really lit my fire. I, I just I just absolutely love it. And I'll listen to it again later this week and, and enjoy it just as much as the first time. Do you still get a buzz when you hear your music on the radio? Oh, definitely. Def- definitely. It, it, more so if you're not expecting it. Like, you, you, you can, uh, you know, often you get asked to do a radio interview so you know that they're probably going to play one of the tracks sort of thing but um when you uh when you're not expecting it like when you receive a text from a mate saying your song's on the radio right now <laughs> you turn the radio on and there it is and you go wow that was done by someone else's accord and i had nothing to do with that <laughs> someone off their own bat went and thought we'll play this and let the general public have a listen and it didn't involve me berating someone or trying to twist their arm into, into believing that we're uh Half decent at what we do, so it's it is it is a it is a little bit um a little bit exciting when you hear your uh something that you have created and you're not expecting to hear it on the radio. It's, it, it, yeah, I still get a buzz from that, definitely. Albums really just come out, really. But what are the future plans for the Daisy Cutters now? Uh, I think the sky's the limit. Yeah, you know, we'll uh, we'll see. I think we've got to we'll go we'll be working this album for a long time. It's a slow burn sort of thing. This album, and then um, but we are coming up against we're coming up to the twenty year anniversary of the other albums now. So next year is the twentieth anniversary of the first album. So you know, there's lots of things coming up. Yeah, and I think we'll think about writing. Again, uh, soon, uh, yeah, we'll see. You know, anything's possible now. You know, there's no time limit. There's no, you know, 
like Kieran said, we're gonna if, we, if we're not having fun and we're not enjoying each other's company, then we're not doing we're not doing anything. And if, as long as we continue to do that, we'll keep doing you know what we do. Is this the best thing you've done so far? Yes, I think so. I remember before even having it mastered, getting the rough mixes up from the studio and coming home and telling my wife, "Oh, have a listen to," because she hadn't heard any of it uh, because it was mainly Cam and I sitting on his living room floor and then taking it into a rehearsal room where we threw it together quickly and then took it to the re- to the studio to record. But I remember getting the, the rough mixes and playing it to my wife and being really excited for her to hear it for the first time because to me it's it, it, it's uh, definitely our band playing those instruments. I mean, obviously, I was there when it happened, but, but I mean, it, it's, it's uh, I, I like to think that everything we have done has progressed from the thing before it. And I definitely think that this is, you know, it, it is the same band, but to me it's a step up in what we were capable of doing, especially in arranging music, so to speak, and how things, not just how music in the one song goes together, but how the music in different songs sits next to each other in an album format or in a record format, so to speak. And, you know, we definitely approached it with the idea of, this is how we want the side A to sound if it was on vinyl, and this is how we want side B to sound. And um, yeah, I, I, I definitely think it's the, it's the best thing I've ever done. I don't know about the other boys; they might have done better and not told me about it. <laughs> <laughs> it's very. I mean, it's very. That's this, the one thing you would say about this is it's quite an evolutionary album for us. Like it is something that you know we've learned. We've learned a lot of things about recording in the past, and we got into the studio, and when we were producing, we produced the album together with Jeff, it was a collective experience sitting there. We learned things about, you know, about leaving things out. We learned about leaving things out and bringing them in later. And, and um, you know, this is sort of the album that's got the most, certainly the most dynamic production and sound to it that we've done. You know, that's a testament. It lights, it just lights the fire when you listen to it. It's, 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 it's a real joy to be, to be listening to Hey guys, I wish you every success with this album. I think it's an absolute stormer. I think it's brilliant. One last question that I have to ask the three of you, and you've all got to agree. What song are we going to play out with? <laughs> I'll let the other two decide that. The other two can decide that. How long you got? You got eleven? Hey, have you got eleven and a half? Have you got? Ha, yeah, I was going to say. Have you got a spare twelve minutes? Here <laughs> your, your call, Kieran. You, you call it. Oh, I well. Do you mind if I don't pick one of the singles so far, fellas? Do whatever. People like people like you make me hate people like you. I just I love listening to that track, and it's just because because I wrote the lead break. Yeah, good, good choice, Karen. <laughs> good choice. No, it's a crack. It's, it's a stormy song. I love listening to that one. Wait.